1: Name later. I'm Chris Willis and I'm again joined by my good friend Stephen Talbert. Stephen, how are you doing tonight?
2: What's up, Chris? It's always good to be on with you, buddy. It's uh, We're getting closer and closer. WBC just started, so we do get some real baseball. Um, it's not Major League Baseball yet, but it's it's got a ton of Major Leaguers in it. So um, it's going to be the closest thing we get until the real thing. But yeah, we're we're less than, I think less than three weeks away from opening day. So it'll be here before you know it.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting um, uh, over the next few weeks. Uh, Team USA is playing tonight. Uh, we got a good uh, look at uh, Dominican Republic today as they played the Braves. Man, that off that lineup's insane, and it didn't even have Juan Soto in it. So, it's going to be interesting yeah. to see how uh, you know how this thing plays out when it, when we get down to the you know the, the final four. Yeah, and they didn't
2: they had Wander Franco and and Kettle Marte coming off the bench and didn't have Juan Soto and. They're still ridiculous. I mean, that's that's like the best team I've ever seen. I think so. That they they should win. I mean, if you know, baseball is random, of course, in small samples. So they probably won't win because that's just how baseball works. But it, if in just terms of pure talent, that's one of the greatest teams ever assembled.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was one of those deals today where you kind of felt sorry for those Braves pitchers because they just yep. kept throwing NL. I mean, MLB All Stars at them uh, top to bottom. But anyway, we've got a we've got a pretty loaded rundown for tonight so we're going to get right into it just to update the outfield situation you know we were talking about the storylines for spring training we started this last week so wanted to kind of look at it and i mean it still looks pretty good i mean when you look look at everything uh so far sam hilliard played pretty well six for 16 eli white turned heads early kevin pilar's got a couple of homers forest walls a guy you and i didn't even talk about but you know he's played well he's on a minor league deal and i'm kind of excited to see him at uh at guinnett honestly i don't think he's gonna uh, crash the party and and land one of these bench spots but i think his performance is warned us mentioning him tonight and with Acuna and Rosario at the WBC, all these guys are going to be seeing you know a lot of action. But you know, which of these guys has stood? Has any of them stood out to you? I mean, to me, they're just all still kind of in the in this pretty tight group together.
2: I think the guy I'm probably focused on most at this point is probably Pilar, just because you know we all know Snit and how much he loves veterans, and not just him. I mean, all managers love to have veteran players and. You know, veteran leadership on the team. And Pilar's been around. He's a highly, highly respected guy. You know, he, he he's right handed, so he compliments Michael Harris and, and Eddie Rosario well. He could play all three outfield spots, which of course is extremely valuable. Um, so I, I'm leaning more and more towards Kevin Pilar making the team, being more likely than him not making the team. Obviously, he, if he falls off a cliff. You know these last few weeks, and and like you said, they're going to get plenty of opportunities to show what they can do. But you know he's the guy that I'm probably most focused on at this point. I'm still interested with Sam Hilliard. You know, there's all this talk, and, and there's been a, there's a lot of talk in the off season about his potential, and you know he's got some things that are, you know can be interesting if you can kind of tap into it. So I don't want to completely write him off. And he's another guy that can play all three outfield spots. Eli White's a guy that can play all three outfield spots. So. You know, I do like that the Braves went with a ton of defensive versatility with these guys. And, you know, the wild card of course is still Jordan Leplo, who we haven't seen at all because of the oblique injury and you know, how good is he? You know, is he a guy that's more likely than not to start on the IL? You know, is he gonna be ready in time? That's obviously gonna decide some of this stuff. But yeah, I would say overall, just the first couple of weeks of spring training. Um, Kevin Pilar is probably the guy I most focused on because again, he just has so much respect in a clubhouse that I could I could very easily see a scenario where Snit just wants him on the team, even if he's not as a huge on the field contributor as somebody in the clubhouse and a veteran. And and obviously he's played well to start. He's already got a couple of home runs in spring. So, you know, if he plays well on top of that, then it, it just it just cements his case even further.
1: Yeah, I agree. And uh, you know, I, I keep going back and forth, but I mean Sam Hilliard he's out of out of uh, out of options. So he needs to make the club or they'll have to expose him to waivers. So but I'm I'm really intrigued by him. He, you know, he hits the ball really hard. He's a big guy. Pretty good defensively. Can move to be such a big guy, and then Eli White, same thing. You know, we, you and I talked a good bit about him last week. I think he he slowed down a little bit since that hot start, but you know, still played pretty well. And like you said, he started all over the outfield. Uh, you know, played center, played right, having that versatility. I mean, you think back to last year, what shape the outfield was in, and how how few options they actually they actually had and you know this springs a, a completely different story from a versatility standpoint
2: alex talked about it a little bit in the in the offseason and we've talked about it a little bit in slack at what point if if rosario struggles offensively and you know he's hit the ball hard this spring he hasn't had great numbers this spring but let's just say rosario is not hitting you know at what point do you go defense right and that's one thing alex went out and acquired in the offseason is guys who can at very very least can catch the ball and so i I'm wondering if Rosario gets off to a slow start, at what point do you just go, you know what, we're going to catch the ball out there. We'll be, we'll be really good defensively. We'll go with Pilar. We'll go with Eli White. We'll go with Hilliard. Somebody who we know can catch the ball. And whatever we get out of their offense is just a bonus. And, and that's one thing I am interested to see. Uh, because obviously Eddie had a bad year last year. Um, so he needs a bounce back year, and and we talked about this a little bit in Slack. But you know, how long will the leash be? How long will they give him? Kind of the same conversation with Azuna. We don't talk about Eddie as much as we do Azuna, but you know, Eddie needs a Eddie Eddie needs a quick start. He needs a strong start to kind of regain the confidence, not only in himself, but the confidence in the fr- you know the front office has in him to keep keep him in that spot. So so it's good to have this much, de- especially defensive versatility, um, especially when you already have a really good offense. So. That's one thing I'm interested to see is how, how long do they let Eddie, you know, not hit and and instead of just replacing him with a guy that they know for sure is at least gonna catch the ball.
1: Yeah, and I mean that'll be that'll be interesting to watch. And like you said, it's good to have options. You know, I mean if they need to go defensive first you know they've got they've got three guys in camp right now that can pretty much uh, I feel like fit that bill you know so going out but anyway we'll keep an eye on this outfield situation as, as it unfolds and it should get interesting this like I said over the next week or so while the WBC is going on because Acuna and Rosario are going to be out of the picture uh, so we'll be seeing a lot of these guys in the lineup you know another observation I kind of had from the first first eleven games of the spring is the Braves have been Braves have been super aggressive on the base pass. I've uh, got 17 steals and 21 attempts now five of those are justin dean uh you know which shout out to him he he very well could have been in that outfield uh, discussion a few minutes ago i don't think you know like Forrest wall i don't think he's a an option to break camp with the club but he's played pretty well this spring um i think he's got five or six hits too so you know we've talked about these rule changes and stuff and it, it seems like the Braves have just been really aggressive on the base pass and you know we we saw acuna be extremely aggressive last year and that was on a a that was still bothering him but you know I think we could see Ozzy running more Michael Harris obviously you know uh, you know I think Harris could probably steal 30 bases this season I think Acuna could probably steal 30 And you look at Ozzy, and you could probably get 20 or 30 out of him as well but uh are you surprised they're being this aggressive and do you think that'll carry over into the end of the regular season
2: I absolutely think this is a this this will be the new normal not just for the Braves I saw a tweet today, I think it was J.J. Cooper of Baseball America. Um, I think already t- two weeks into spring training, there's already been more steals this year than there were in the entire spring training last year. I think they've already surpassed the, the total number of steal attempts in in two weeks that they had all of last year. And If I remember right, he tweeted out the success rate is like 81% or something like that, something crazy which ironically is exactly what the Braves' success rate is. It's, like you just said, it's 17 for 21, which is 81%. So guys are going to run more. The rules certainly um, tend itself to, to run more. You know, pitchers can only throw over a certain amount of times, and then, you know, if you, if you throw over a third time and you don't get them, it's an automatic balk. So there's obviously more risk in doing that. You know, the pitch clock is going to make holding runners on, you know, even more difficult. The bases are bigger which means the, the the distance between the bases is obviously smaller. So just physically, it's easier to steal. So I, I absolutely think this is going to carry over. You know, obviously with Acuna and Harris, the Braves have two of the fastest guys in baseball. Ozzy is certainly not slow. Some of these left field options, if they end up playing at all, you know, Eli White can run. Um, so I think the Braves could absolutely, could absolutely carry this over. You know, Dansby was obviously a big part of the run game, last year, and he's not there anymore, and I don't, I don't think Grissom is quite the same guy in terms of foot speed, but with Acuna and Harris, certainly, I mean, those guys could get 30, 40 bags each on their own, so I wouldn't be surprised at all. Like you said, Acuna was crazy aggressive last year, and that was before all these rule changes, and he's always been crazy aggressive on the bases, so I don't, you know, especially if he's 100% healthy, I certainly don't expect that to change, and if anything, it's going to go up, so yeah, it's good to see, I enjoy stolen bases, I'm I'm not one of these you know, stolen bases kind of left the game, and a lot of people were fine with it. I, I I enjoy stolen bases. I enjoy that part of the game. I enjoy seeing fast guys run on the bases. I think it is entertaining. So, I'm I'm I, I'm excited about it. I, I think it'll be a a thing all over baseball, and, and you know, we're going to see probably more steals in 2023 than we've seen in a long time.
1: Yeah, I think it's a it's a good thing just because it'll give the Braves another element to their offense. You know, it, it seems like in the past. You know, we've sat around waiting on that three-run home run. Uh, This at least puts pressure on the defense. You know, they've always been aggressive going first to third and taking advantage of that speed. But, you know, this is a way you can jumpstart an offense in a lot of ways. So I'm excited to see it. I am interested – you know, I know spring training, they're not holding guys the same way they will in the regular season. You know, I've seen a few throwovers. You're not seeing a ton of them. But I do think – you know, I was thinking about this today – wonder if this is going to bring the pitch out back into the game because i mean if you've thrown over twice that third pitch probably should be a pitch out honestly because the guy's going you know i mean a thing and if you're a guy like sean murphy but i think you're going to see a lot of catcher throw throws to first to try to keep these runners honest it's going to be really interesting you know just to see how teams try to defense it defend it because I mean, if you throw over twice, I mean, it's almost like that runner's going to, I mean, I think he's going to be super aggressive at that point, even, you know, even though they could still throw over again, uh, obviously, but if they don't get you, then you're getting second base on the box. So that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I I like it. I think it's, uh, I think this, this uh, roster's built in a lot of ways to take advantage of it. So, you know, I think that's something that uh, we're going to see a bunch of
2: the, the success rate is something to watch, right? Cause that's always been the thing is that's always been the, the rub with stolen bases is, you know, is giving up being on first base worth the, you know, the chance of being on second base. And that's always the math that's been done is, you know, you're risking not being on first base for the opportunity to be on second. And, and the math has always really said, unless you're doing it at like a 70, 75% clip, in terms of being successful it's not worth it because having no one on is way more of a deterrent than having a guy on second base first versus first base is a, is a you know a net positive so um the math has always kind of said don't do it unless you know you're going to be successful at least 70 75% of the time and so you know where the success rate falls with these new rules is going to be interesting to me. That's why I was interested in that JJ Cooper tweet because he said it's been 81% league wide, and if that's the case, then you're going to see people run like crazy because at 81%, you're you're beating the math. And so, you know, and we know that teams are, are driven by math these days. And so if you're if you're um, if you're running at at such a high clip where you've you've essentially beat the math, then you're going to see it like crazy, and you're going to start seeing rosters you know, different guys make rosters because of it. You know, you'll see that kind of one speedy guy on the bench that we sometimes see in the postseason, but we don't see a lot in the regular season. Um, that could come back in the regular season just because it's so valuable. So it is. It, it could potentially change the game a lot. And it's definitely something interesting to watch with these new rule changes.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity – VAN29.com.
1: Shifting gears a little bit, since we're talking about the roster, I was working on a roster prediction piece earlier this week. I didn't get it on the line, so I thought we'd just talk about it tonight on the podcast, On it, honestly. So there's not a lot of a lot of controversy here i don't think uh especially with probably the regulars i'm gonna i'm gonna read this off and then you kind of chime in if you if you see something there that you want to talk about but i think the i think the position players are pretty much set you know you got sean murphy at catcher olsen at first ozzie at second Vaughn grissom at shortstop austin riley at third base rosario harris and acuna in the outfield obviously grissom if if things, you know, went south in a hurry, that could change. But I think he's, you know, he's handled himself pretty well the first uh, first couple of weeks of the spring. I think the most controversial thing here on my list will be uh, Marcel Azuna penciled in as the DH. Obviously, I think Travis Darnot will see some time there. Brian Snicker said, I think it was last week actually, that, you know, Azuna was going to be on the on the team. I don't know if that's just him talking if he knows that you know if if front office could uh thing if things could still change but i do i do feel like there's a pretty good chance that you know he's going to be the dh on opening day and um you know he's going to get a shot as piggyback off that conversation you and i was we were having about rosario you know and and fast starts i think the same thing applies for zuna you know i wonder how long they would give him you know how much leash he'll get as far as this goes but haven't seen anything that makes me suggest that he's not going to be on the roster now. Uh, Travis Darno gets a bench slot. Orlando Arcia gets a bench slot, and then those last two spots are the uh, kind of the interesting ones. I went with Sam Hilliard right now and Kevin Pilar, and the reason being is is I haven't heard Alex Anthopoulos say it this year. But in the past, they've wanted to keep as many options open as as possible. And in some cases, you know, might not have opened with the best 26-man roster that they had. Not saying that Hilliard and Pillar is not part of the best 26, but Eli White has options. Jordan Luplow has options. You know, uh, Luplo hasn't played yet. We don't really, haven't had really had an update on that, on his situation with his oblique. So, you know, what do you, what do you think about those bench spots or, you know, is there anything, anything that I missed here?
2: No, I don't. I mean, there really is not a ton of drama here. You know, the last two bench spots, like you mentioned, are, are really the only ones. I'm with you. I don't really see a scenario where Ozuna doesn't at least start the year. They're going to give him a chance to hit. And he's either going to hit his way, you know, into the lineup on a regular basis. One thing I am interested to see is if he doesn't hit, right, if he doesn't hit, will will they just sit him on the bench? Because that's the the one option I don't really get. If you want to put him on the team to see if he can hit and maybe get some value for his contract, then that I completely understand, right? That makes sense. You're, You're trying to just see if he'll... Wake back up, become the guy he was in 2020 for a couple of months, and see if you can clear at least some of the money, right? It might not be a a likely you know outcome, but it's it's at least a plausible scenario where it at least makes logical sense. The part I don't I wouldn't understand is if they if he doesn't hit, and so he doesn't play, but he just sits on the bench. That part because he 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 is a terrible bench player. He provides you nut. He he provides zero defense, zero base running. If he's not hitting, he's obviously not much of a pinch hitting threat. Like, it's one of the worst guys to have on your bench, quite honestly, because he, he just doesn't provide anything. So, that's the only thing I'm going to be interested in, is if they, I do think they'll put him on the team out of spring, and I think they'll give him a chance to hit at DH for a couple weeks, maybe a month. But if he doesn't, what happens then, I guess, would be my question. And that's going to be the interesting part. But yeah, I don't really see anything else that's controversial. Um, I, I, I agree with you. I think Hilliard will be on the team just because he doesn't have options, and like you said, keeping all your depth is usually more important than trying to put the exact, you know, best twenty-six guys on the opening day roster. So, you know, I think Hilliard's that's going to help Hilliard a lot that he doesn't have options. Um, Pilar, yeah, like we talked about that earlier. I think I think Snit's really going to want him on the team. So, I don't see anything there that's I would even correct or change. I, I'm I'm pretty much in agreement on the thirteen position players.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we talked about this, I had Pilar basically competing with Hilliard, but that's when you know we we thought Jordan Luplow was going to be in this, and he still may be. You know, I think there's still enough time for a hitter to come in and get enough reps to to be on the the day roster, but I can't put him in this projection right now until he's actually until he's actually on the field, and we haven't seen him yet. So, you know, I think this way, uh, you know, you can kind of keep everybody, and and that's interesting. I do think it's worth mentioning. Area Adrianza's off to a pretty good start in the spring. He's played some corner outfield. So, you know, I wouldn't just completely write him off either. You know, he's had some big moments for the Braves over the years. You know, he's a guy that could be that that last bench spot that doesn't need to play all the time. That's a good clubhouse guy. Uh, two, uh, but I don't, right now I'd have a hard time putting him in there over any of those outfielders, but you know, just another guy to keep an eye on it's, That's that seeing some playing time in the early part of spring and see where he's at. Uh, cause I don't know if you could get him to Gwinnett, you know, I don't know what the, obviously there's a situation where, you know, they could have opt-outs in their contracts. You know, I wondered that about Kevin Pillar actually, cause he's on a minor league deal. You know, forty man spots not really that big of a deal right now. The Braves, we I think they've got thirty nine on their forty. They've actually got an open spot, and then you've got Tyler Matzik and Waskar Yanoa, who are going to go to the sixty day at, at some point. So you can open up, you know, three spots actually. So you know, it's 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 going to be it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out over the next couple of weeks because I mean, it could look completely different. You know, by the time we get uh, down to the final cuts.
2: Yeah, and whatever happens, the Braves are going to have some quality depth at Gwinnett. you know, regardless of which way they go. You know, if they put Leplo and Eli White and, you know, Adrianza all at AAA to start the season, then, you know, that's quality depth, right? If you need a bench spot, if you need a guy to come in, I mean, Leplo's a major league player, so even if he's down or if it's Pilar or if it's whoever it is, um, the Braves are going to have quality depth down there, and Listen. You need. I, I've talked about this a bunch on the show. We, you and I, have talked about it. You know, I love having depth. I think depth is hugely important in a baseball because it is such a marathon of a of a season. And and so, whichever way they go, and we'll talk about it more and more as the spring goes on. But whichever way they go, they'll have quality depth that they can call on. You know, when needed. Not even if needed. It's just when when it's needed because it's going to be needed at some point. So, the Braves are in a good spot.
1: Continuing the storyline uh, talk is is the fifth starter update. I feel a little bit better about this uh, than we I did last week when we were here. Ian Anderson kind of bounced back, uh, pitched well, or had better results for sure. Two and a third, one hit, one unearned run, five strikeouts. Actually, struck out five of the first seven guys he faced. Did walk a couple. I think he did leave a few balls in the middle of the plate and didn't get hurt by it. So, you know, it's it's hard to read into too much into spring numbers, but I thought he did look better. Uh, you know, it's still back to the fastball command. He's trying to work on that slider. So, but I, I you know, I think, uh, I think he at least showed progress and I think that's something that, uh, you know, is good. Mike Soroka, the la- last update we got, he threw what was called a short box bullpen. Basically he's threw off the mound with the catcher moved up. No further updates, you know, at this point, again, You know, I don't think – I think he's going to open the season at Gwinnett or on the injury list. But, you know, I mean, they're going to take it safe for him, you know, play things safe for him. Kobe Allard uh, should pitch again soon. I wouldn't be surprised if he follows uh, Spencer Strider Thursday. Uh, Dylan Dodd's kind of been the talk of the spring I know he got hit hard by the Dominican Republic today but you know again that lineup you can't hold that against him and then Bryce Elder also he should be coming up again at some point but uh how are you feeling about the fifth starter spot right now
2: well definitely better than the first uh week where everyone got completely shelled their first outing and it was good to see Ian uh have a good outing like you said I he he still leaves too many fastballs in the middle of the plate for me. Um it it terrifies me. And it's like it's like he either throws a fastball down the middle or he misses the strike zone completely and, and so I, I do wanna see him still improve his command where he can, you know, hit spots a little better. Um, uh, but he had a good outing. You know, five five strikeouts and two plus innings is is obviously strong. Um, and he needs to miss more bats because, you know, when guys, when he gets hit, he gets hit pretty hard. So, you know, missing bats is a big deal for him. I agree with you. I, I, I'm pretty much in the Sirocco's not going to start the season, um, in Atlanta, at least he might start in Gwinnett. I, more likely he starts on the IL. Um, Allard, you know, we haven't seen these guys pitch in a couple of days or probably about a week now since Allard and Elder both threw. So we should be getting those guys here pretty soon. It might even be tomorrow or, or um, or Friday, but we'll get those guys pretty soon, but yeah, I feel better, I would love to see Ian Anderson just take complete control of this, you know, this spot, and just almost like Grissom has done it short, and just take all all doubt out of it, all questions out of it, and just, you know, this is the guy, and uh, because Kyle Wright has still got the shoulder stuff, he he's not pitching yet, um, you know, uh, Bowman came out today and said that, you know, Wright might need some some more time. I know we're going to talk about him in a minute. But, you know, it's big for Anderson to come out and, I think, provide stability in the rotation because the Braves are going to need it. And so I, I'm, I'm really rooting for Ian to be the guy that really takes control of the spot. But we'll see. You know, it's, I think it's still going to be a competition.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know, like you said, we were just talking about the depth on the position player side. You know, they can have a lot of depth here, a lot of options. You know, if you need to pull guys up, I think Dylan Dodd showed that, You know, he's, he's, if he's not ready, he's pretty dang close. And I mean, I didn't even mention Jared schuster and he he looked really good against Boston the other night too. So, yeah. you know, a lot of uh, Darius Vines has looked has looked okay too. So, I mean, a lot of options there. And uh, you know, some of those guys, Dodd and Vines are on the forty man. So, you know, that makes things easier too. So, Charlie Morton made his spring debut ahead of of Ian Anderson. Anderson actually followed him in that start last week. Two and two thirds allowed a homer, struck out two. I thought the curveball looked pretty good. You know, if you remember. Last year, he kept hitting guys with that, uh, that curveball. He just had no, at times he didn't have any feel for it. I mean, he still struck, uh, you know, racked up the strikeouts and whatnot, but, um, you know, I thought Charlie looked pretty good, uh, the other day wanted, uh, I think he was kind of angry. He didn't get to finish that third inning, but, uh, you know, you come out, come out of the game right there with runners on and, uh. Uh, You know, for him to come out in his debut and go two and two thirds, I thought that was pretty good. And then, like you said, Kyle Wright, uh, he threw a bullpen session, may throw a live BP Friday, could possibly debut next week. That would give him, uh, according to Bowman, I haven't done the math, but I think that would give him about three starts and i think you know he's going to be on a pretty similar track to as charlie morton i think there's time there Braves are going to have some flexibility with an off day in those in those first two series uh, so you know they can push him back if they need to there as well so but what do you think what do you think about morton's uh, first start
2: yeah it'd be great if charlie kind of bounced back it wasn't it wasn't a bad year last year but it wasn't a great it wasn't what you typically expect from charlie the homers or really kind of what bit him and, and off often time it was just command. It was fastball command. Fastballs being put up in, in the middle of the zone. So and like you said, the curveball it's almost like it was it's almost like it was too sharp last year. It was just snapping off and I don't know how many left handers he hit in the back foot with that curveball last year, but it felt like a million. And so um but all of his all of his number, all of his kind of raw data still looks really good, all of his spin rates and you know, all the savant stuff that we look at. And, you know, he's still, he's still got all the pieces to be a really good starter. So um, it's a big year for him because, you know, when you're this age, you know, any year could be your last year. You don't really want to go out because somebody told you you're not good enough. You you, you know, guys want to go out because it's their decision and they usually want to go out still pitching, you know, decently well. You don't want to have to, somebody to cut you or you know, not sign you. So, I'm I'm really hoping he does well this uh, this season. It it would be huge for the Braves. You know, if if they get if they get really quality stuff from Max and Strider and Morton and Wright, they're gonna have one of the best top fours in baseball. And you know, they've all they they've, they've got to actually go go make it happen. They've got to produce. But you know, they have the they have the potential of being a really 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 good rotation. So, and a lot of that's gonna is gonna depend on Charlie and how you know what kind of season he has relative to what he did last year
1: yeah and i mean you know he's been fairly relatively you know he had the bad injury in the world series obviously the broken leg but you know he's he's logged a bunch of innings for the braves over the last two seasons and braves don't need him to be a top of the rotation guy or a number two anymore you know they just need him to slide in that third or fourth spot in the in the rotation so uh you know he still just brings a ton of leadership to the team so you pull pulling for him but i thought he looked good be interested to see what he looks like next time out i do believe that home run he gave up was a 3-1 pitch and it just looked like you know he just he just grooved it and the guy barreled it up so we'll be interested to see there and then you know you hope right i think you know I, hopefully he gets it in there next week and uh you know we can see what he looks like and uh go from there Okay, to look in the pitching side of the roster projection, uh, you know, the rotation, I mean, like you said, the top four spots are pretty much set. Max Freed, Spencer Strider, Charlie Morton, Kyle Wright in some order. Uh, Wright may get pushed back a little bit, just depending on how how his situation is. I've got Ian Anderson in that fifth spot right now. You know, I think he's going to get the benefit of the doubt because he's been there before. I mean, if it's not Anderson, uh, this is the question, if it's not Anderson, if Anderson goes to Gwinnett to start the season, you know, who do you who do you give the edge? Is it still Elder for that last spot?
2: Yeah, I have a hard time I have a hard time seeing anyone but Anderson or Elder being that fifth guy just because of experience. I mean, Elder did it last year. You know, Anderson's obviously done it for a couple of years that, you know managers just have faith in guys that have done it, that they've seen do it. Um not not that Colby Allard doesn't have experience, but he doesn't really have the the success that those other guys have had. Now obviously if Soroka was healthy Pitching, it would be a completely different ball game because that Soroka would be a legitimate guy who could who could you know unseat either Anderson or Elder if they're if he was pitching better. But with it, with Soroka still being down um, and and unlikely to be ready for the season, I, I I have a hard time believing it would be anybody other than Anderson or Elder. And you know if Anderson just looks competent at, you know out there, I think they'll give him a shot. Uh, I think if nothing else, just because he's kind of earned it more than anyone else it's almost like you know it's not exactly the same situation but it's a little bit like rosario where if a guy if you feel like a guy's earned it with enough track record then you you give him the you give him the shot and just see what happens and um if so if ian is just even competent at all out there these last few starts in spring training then i do think it'll be him but if it's not him it's almost certainly going to be bryce elder
1: i agree Pullpen's kind of interesting too, and I feel like I feel pretty strong about seven of the eight spots here. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in that eight eight slot though. Got Iglesias, AJ Minter, Colin McHugh, Joe Jimenez, Lucas Lichty, Dylan Lee, and Kirby Yates. And then for the final spot, I've got Jesse Chavez penciled in there. I know Chavez has been knocked around a little bit this spring. You know, Other options include Jackson Stevens, who I don't believe is pitched yet, but he's on a split contract, so actually he could go to Gwinnett. Colby Allard, I could see them opening the season at, with him as a long reliever, especially if there's uh, you know any lingering concern about one of the starters not being fully stretched out. And then, uh, of course, Nick Anderson, who's been – gave up a couple of runs against the Red Sox the other day, but struck out seven and three innings. It looks like the velocity's not quite back to where it was uh during his breakout season, but it's pretty dang close. And uh he's also on a split contract. But uh, you know, I penciled Jesse in there just because, you know, he's kind of been that, that guy do all. Uh, whatever they need, if a starter gets knocked out, he comes in, throws two innings if uh, you know, if they need a need him in the you know, late in the game, he's pitched there too. You know, but there again, there's some options here. I mean, Jackson Stevens pitched pretty well for this team last year. Kobe Allard gives you some versatility, and then, like I said, Nick Nick Anderson feels like a, a wild card in a lot of ways to me. Um, I do believe this group, Dylan Lee, is the only one with an option, so you know, we might be in a situation where we see that eighth spot rotated out several times throughout the season. Unless they, you know, they send Lee down to get a fresh arm, so that that'll be interesting a little bit to see how they how they play this thing out long term.
2: Yeah, so I was tweeting about this a couple of days ago, and just looking at it, it was the the Braves don't really have a ton of guys competing for these last few spots. It's really only like eight or nine or maybe ten guys total, you know, for eight spots, and so. And obviously, like you said, there's some guys that are just locks no matter what. Iglesias is a lock. Mentor, uh, Jimenez, um, you know, McHugh is a lock. Uh, Lucas Lickey is a lock. Kirby Yates is a lock. I I had people tweeting at me asking if, you know, asking why Kirby Yates, why I thought Kirby Yates would be a lock. And it's pretty simple it's because he's a, a major league veteran reliever that's making real money. I mean, he's making like $6 million next year. So, I mean, his spring training results. Are one of those that really don't matter all that much. The, they're not going to put a lot of stock in that. So he's going to be on the team. And then, like you said, the the last three spots are are a little more interesting. Or the last three guys are a little more interesting. It's two more spots. But uh, Dylan Lee, by performance, Dylan Lee should be on the team. Obviously, last year he was incredible, and um, you know he's he's shown that he's a weapon. He's another left-hander, which you, you typically want to have three if you can. So that's going to help him. What's going to hurt him, though, is like you said, he has options. And, you know, Jesse Chavez signed a minor league deal. Uh, Nick Anderson, I believe, signed a split contract, so he can be sent to Gwinnett as well. Um, So all three of those guys could technically be sent sent to Gwinnett after after spring training, but you don't know about opt-outs and contracts like you were talking about with Pilar. You know, you don't know if Jesse Chavez has something like that. So it will be interesting to see. You know, Jesse hasn't looked great, and at some point that balloon is going to pop. You know, he's, he's at the age and at the velocity where all the, you know, the wheels should come off at some point. It's not going to be like it has been for the last year or so with him, you know, at some point it's going to look pretty bad. And if, if we're there, then yeah, I don't think he'll be on the team. I think it'll be Dylan Lee and Nick Anderson, but um, he's another one of those guys. That's a leader. Um, You know, it's, it's almost one of those situations where you wish you could like make him a coach just so you get his leadership. You know, you get his leadership in the clubhouse, but you don't necessarily have to roster him. Um, I don't know if they can come up with some sort of scenario where he could still be with the team and around the team, but not necessarily count as a roster spot, because that's probably the best of both worlds. But yeah, I mean, if I just had my pick right now, I would I would take the six guys that I, I already said are locks. And then, you know, Dylan Lee and Nick Anderson would probably be my last two and. That's a filthy bullpen. I mean, that's a really nasty bullpen. That's that's a that's probably one of the best bullpens in baseball, if not the best. So, uh, that's probably what I would do right now. But it'll change. You know, we could see uh, Jackson Stevens at some point. You know, if he pitches and looks good, then that's another name in there. And like you said, if if they want a long man, then you know one of the starters that doesn't make the fifth starter spot, even a guy like Elder, maybe. You know, if they want just experience, um, could technically be one of those guys, but. If, it, if I'm handicapping it right now, I'm probably saying the six locks and then Dylan Lee and Nick Anderson would probably be my eight if I could if I could pick it, you know, as of
1: today. Yeah, I think there's two ways of thinking about Nick Anderson, honestly. I've seen – I've had some tweets of myself that, you know, where people's like, yeah, let's just give him some time at Gwinnett. But with his injury history, you know, if he's throwing the ball well, you might need to use him. You know at, yeah. at, right away, because the longer he goes, you know the more off recent history you know the more often he's gotten hurt, but you know I could also see him starting that, but I could see him pitching his way into this into this picture at, at some point too, you know, depending on how the rest of the spring goes, and then again, Jackson Stevens, you know, I think that's a guy that they're they're pretty comfortable with, you know he was pretty solid all season long. Uh I think he kind of fell off at the end, but I mean he filled filled a big role for them last year, you know, just pitching. You now I mean, he had a couple of three in and outings, um you know, out of the bullpen and I mean those those guys are valuable like that. So especially with these, you know, these roster rules now cuz you know this is going to be the first season where they began the uh, began the year with, you know, a, a limit of 13 pitchers and then you can option a guy but five times. Um, so that cut, that kind of cuts down on that carousel that we've seen, you know, in the past. So seeing that, you know, and they had that last year, I think it started, what was it? They changed the, they kept kicking it down the road, but it was like in June when it finally came in. But, you know, starting, starting from the beginning is going to, it's going to be really interesting, especially because you, you know, you really got to think about it if you try to add that fresh arm to a guy you know up up a thing and i think that really helps that you've got a lot of options because you're not just you know sending the same guy out every time and uh and using up those uh using up the how many times you can send him up and down so it'll be interesting to see like i said I, i've still got chavez there right now that could change i think your best group would be nick anderson in there right at, you know at the moment But we'll just have to see how, you know, how everything um, shakes out and hopefully, you know, everybody can stay healthy all the way through the spring.
2: And that's the thing is, I mean, what are the odds that everyone stays healthy, right? I mean, what are the odds that all nine of these guys get to the end of spring and are 100% healthy and no one's got a, you know, nagging something that needs to be put on the IL and... And even if someone doesn't have something, you know, they can always kind of do the old you sprained a toenail type thing and you need to go in the 15-day IL or whatever because we need the roster spot. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. It, the bullpens are always funny and, you know, they always change. There's no set. There's no such thing as a set bullpen. And that's the thing about the opening day roster is it, li- it literally is just the opening day roster. You know, the second day of the season, it can be, it can change. So... We do make a lot out of the opening day roster, considering it's, it's really only one day. You know, it's only good for one day. Um, and we've seen them make some changes very early in the season before. So um, even if you do make the opening day roster, it's not a guarantee of much, you know, especially if you barely made it. So um, all this stuff will change multiple, multiple times before we get to the end of the season.
1: I think the overarching thing, you know, from this little exercise we've done tonight, though, is the Braves have depth and they have options. And, uh, you know, really, if you look at the bullpen, you know, Jesse Chavez is the only guy that doesn't have options out of those that we kind of listed as competing for the last spot. You know, position player side. You know, I feel pretty good about the depth they have there. Uh, We hadn't always been able to see that, uh, say that. You know, and especially you know, even in the last five years, we haven't always been able to say that. You know, and they've been they've won the division. So, you know, I think that's a good sign. uh, Going in, you know, going into the twenty twenty three season,
2: the Gwinnett Stripers should be a high quality baseball team. I will say that if you are in the Gwinnett area. Then you might want to check out some games because you're going to see some major league level talent in Gwinnett a lot of the season just because that's the kind of depth they have. So, yeah, if nothing else, I can I can say it will be a fun season in Gwinnett. If you know if things go poorly in Atlanta, then we might all go hang out and watch some games in Gwinnett this
1: season. Yeah, that rotation should be nuts. I mean, because you should see. I mean, I'm guessing Dodd, Schuster, Vines, and then potentially Soroka and Allard. I mean, yeah. that's that's not a bad AAA pitching staff, you know. Depending on you know, and, and you know, you can see Ian Anderson there at some point. Bryce Elder, I forgot about Bryce Elder. So there's another one. You know, they're gonna have they're gonna have pitchers at, at Gwinnett, and then like I said, some of these some of these outfielders uh, that don't make the open today roster, they're gonna be down there too. So it's gonna be interesting to see. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun too. So yep.
2: And what I'm looking forward to besides baseball season is that. Are you a college basketball fan, Chris? I don't even know the answer to this question. I used to be
1: die, die hard, but I haven't watched as much basketball in recent years.
2: Bro, I am the biggest college. I am. I cannot wait. Selection. This is championship week. We got selection Sunday on Sunday. This is the greatest time. If you're a sports fan, this is the greatest time of the year. You got baseball about to start. You got NBA coming down the stretch. You got March Madness. You got the best like golf tournaments. If you're into golf. Man, this is this is like March and March and April are like heaven for for a sports fan. So I'm so excited. I can't I I can't wait for the next kind of three or four weeks of, of sports.
1: Yeah, it's going to be fun. It always is, and uh, it's always interesting to hear Brad and Scott's takes on 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 March Madness and yeah, uh, of course the NBA coming down the stretch too. So, but uh, I think that's going to wrap us up for this week. Stephen and I are, are both still on Twitter. You can follow me there. At, chris underscore willis and uh steven is b underscore outliers and we'll see you guys again next week